This podcast is being recorded on the traditional land of the Blackfoot Confederacy. This consists of the Kainai, Pekani, Siksika, and the Blackfeet in the U.S. We acknowledge the Stony Nakoda, which consists of the Bearspaw, Morley, and Chiniki. We acknowledge the Satina, who are Dene, and the Métis, Inuit, status and non-status from all of Turtle Island, and those who are visiting. We are all treaty people. Welcome to the Dave Leary Show. Welcome to the Voices in Recovery podcast, brought to you by Freedom's Path Recovery Society in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Thank you for tuning in. Please remember that these opinions that are shared are those of the individuals and not of any agency, organization, or other entity, unless otherwise specified. Also, if you're a minor, please check with your parent and or guardian as you need to have permission to listen to these podcasts. We will potentially talk about violent subject matter, sexual content, and difficulties human beings face on their day-to-day lives in recovery. So, Mike, welcome, dude. Thank you. Take it away. Okay, well... um you know, my story is a 43-year-old guy here uh, growing up uh, in Calgary from a large family, youngest of a lot of uh, of us. Um, Were you born here in town? Born or? in Calgary. Okay, um, wow. And I think of my siblings all, but one of us were, and we'll just say it's a dozen. And, a uh, dozen? Yeah. Wow. And, um, you know, through that, and now that I'm, I'm edging up on... Uh, two years. Um, oh, congrats, man! Just just shy of sorry, twenty two months right now. But um, yeah, with the, the 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 connecting of the dots, opportunity in two years has really been an experience. That coming into the program, yeah, because I wanted to come in with expectations and what it would look, see, feel, all that stuff. Because uh, you know, I guess the product of me growing up and i guess everybody's experiences you get these notions these these protective things that our ego do to us to do to us to help us identify how we're going to work with the outside world mm-hmm. and mine was you know it was healthy as a young kid i was competitive i was helpful i was a lot of good things that that now i look back and go you know those were healthy growth of a normal person's ego up until mm-hmm. the point where you know, um, I, I don't know when it happened, but at some point in time, ego started to become more of a master than a servant in many respects of my life. And, uh, you know, alcohol and drugs didn't really um, steamroll me until really at the end. Um, I've, you know, of course, ego has the opportunity to say, I'm unique. I, I did it differently. I, you know, but at the end of the day, my being, the, the true essence of who I was at the very end uh, was 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 no longer being served by ego. And when ego got tired, it, it abandoned me and I was left to my uh, just dwelling and lost, concerned and all those things. So what got me there was, you know, I grew up, like I said, a youngest of a large family, had the opportunity of sports and had the opportunity of exposure to the world, just, you know, an active family got to do the dinners, the, the big weddings, all those things. So exposure to alcohol was there. It was, it was seen as a norm. And then, you know, um, 
was perceived as normal. Like, I don't, I guess my first drink would have been in my early mid teens. Mm-hmm. My first drunk probably around the same time, but it wasn't immediate. Like it didn't grab me and it was game over for, from then. And I just couldn't hold it together um, or perceived hold it together. Uh, the truth is, is that my community, my family, everything was of a drinking culture. So I just was like, go with the flow. You know, mm-hmm. I never was the guy to hide it. I never was the guy to really even say I was elsewhere when I was at the bar. I was, I was always honest. I'm out drinking. What is your problem? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that went for pretty much all of my life, whether it be staying up late, drugs, dating girls, whatever it was at you know, different stages of my life. I was very unapologetic of my behaviors. Um, and, and I wasn't uber, uber damaging, but it, it, it developed a pattern over life that over a period of, I'm going to say two decades or so, um, that behavior just became the norm dropping the more, uh, uh, what would you call that? Um, uh, it's slipping me. There's the seven deadly sins and mm-hmm. the virtues. Yeah. So the virtuous parts of my character were being kind of abandoned. Mm-hmm. And then my ego was very good at getting what it wanted. The girl, the money, the job, the, you know, the attention. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I was in times of need, I was good at covering it. And then if I if it was finances, I was in a position where I would have money and not have money. So um, I had a level of being able to save my own ass through timing Mm -hmm. and having the ability to either get a job or a contract and fulfill um, uh, controlling my outside world. Mm -hmm. And this just became the norm. And then I got into the real estate world and these character, what I thought were blessings, which some of them are still, Mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, you have to take the good and the bad in every aspect of our recovery, in my opinion, because you don't drop everything and some of the stuff that was bad I think you transfer, there's got to be some good quality left if it remains, mm-hmm. I hope, anyways. So, ultimately, age of 21, I lost my parents tragically. It was a big public event. Oh, man, I'm sorry um, to hear that. Well, thank you. Um, and it just, it, it, was a dec- it was a fire, so everything was gone, right? Like, the, the smell of memory stuff. Like, it's, it's actually rather prolific, even uh, over two decades after the event. I have memory uh, of smells mm-hmm. that haven't occurred since yeah. prior. So the uh, uh, the relationship of uh, my ego and the outside world and losing everything mm-hmm. I dealt with once at a very young age, and you know I did the, the keep busy. Uh, did the the morning uh, went to the hospital with a doctor that had the uh, the, the the morning six week program, and I took that seriously. And while going through grief, you. You, you, you'll deal with a lot. You suppress a lot. You gain um, more tools that help you deal with your pain because that's mm-hmm. all you're really trying to do. Is well for me, uh, I was just trying to soften the blows of the the wound on my stomach yeah, sure. and just uh, you know build the the stuff around the world so that it would never mm-hmm. hit that. Instead of pulling out the the sharp thing in the side of my stomach, which would create the healing. I left it there and then it, it, it adjusted the world uh, around that. So 
at a very, um, I, in my early twenties, very young, whatever it be. I was able, I, I didn't get, I, I had no choice. I just started suppressing emotions. It was a lot. Um, and I, I still think that I went through a lot. Um, and my family went through a lot at that time and that's an unexpected loss. So mm-hmm. carried that with me, thought I dealt with it, maintained a drinking culture, lifestyle function in business, but it wasn't, it probably wasn't as pretty as I told myself in my own head over the years. Uh, yeah. Hindsight's twenty twenty, <laughs> but I was able to hold it together. Um, uh, but still, you know, I was very good at justifying why I was late on stuff, why I was unavailable, not present, you know, late for meetings. Uh, oh, oh, there's always traffic. Something's always, um, why am I always just a little bit different? Um, why, why that is, I still don't know why my ego or my, uh, choices at the time, um, made me always have to have a extravagant story. I got to the point where I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. So then life carried on. Um, I suppose, you know, from doing my steps and, and doing a thorough one in recovery, I saw the pattern where, you know, this occurrence happened in my early twenties and it spiked my, my consumption levels for sure. And then 20 years later, near that anniversary. And my, my pattern was for two decades was this date is sacred, mm-hmm. you know, and I've got to be sad and I've got to just, just got to celebrate that day. Cause it's a big deal. And recognized I'm not the only person that has this behavior to significant loss, mm-hmm. but then through the program, uh, I was given tools to, to let go. Um, through help of even yourself through my recovery, many pillars around in the, in, and I'm almost two years, like I said, and, um, being able to have those folks to reach out. My sponsor has been, uh, it's been an interesting relationship in the respect that when I absolutely needed it for that message, mm-hmm. it was available. And sometimes when I just thought I needed the message, <laughs> it was another lesson. You know what? Sometimes you just, you need to do it on your own. Mm-hmm. I've heard these expressions of things like everything passes until mm-hmm. then it teaches. Uh, some storms are put in your path, not to ruin you, but to clear the path for you mm-hmm. in the future. Um, you, having a present ability that I didn't have in the, before the program has opened up just a brand new experience and you hear about it. It can't be explained. Um, which in the beginning of my program, it was driven into me to uh, go after the practice of gratitude. And oddly enough, somewhere in in there, it just becomes a working part of your life. Mm -hmm. Um, So some of the big experiences um, that really kicked me off was near in the last year of my active drinking and, and, and addiction of all sorts, I was at the tail end of what was a healthy relationship that I was engaged, Mm -hmm. but I had lost the luster of life and it turned into not only just being dismissive of my actions, I'm at happy hour, whatever, being rude about the fact that anyone would even question it. So my, 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 I was very, I was becoming more short in my temper, Mm -hmm. more, uh, I was, considering myself um, superiorly knowledgeable 
to everybody else. Mm-hmm. Nobody could have known more than me. No one could have had a harder life than me. Um, so I was going down a depression hole and I was, it was affecting every aspect of my life, my ability to make my money uh, or just money, um, be available to people, my daughter included, my siblings, people that cared about me. And then I had another loss through not an addiction, but certainly a substance. The individual was a very close family member who it was all of a sudden and him and his friend passed from the pandemic of uh, fentanyl. Mm. And um, oh, shit, it was it was right around the anniversary of the first loss uh, 20 years later. But yeah. it opened up. It, it just opened. It was an explosive opening up of wounds that yeah. hadn't been dealt with. Which drove me into, I'm going to say it drove me into psychosis. I was unreasonable, but I was calculated enough to not get myself taken to hospitals. I knew that I couldn't, I can recall, I, I can't threaten hurting myself or others that are going to take yeah. me away. So I was clever, you know, much like us. Yeah. Us wingnuts are clever. <laughs> so I always knew what I could kind of jab mm-hmm. away at and just get away with it. And, being the product of a big family, I think I had a lot of practice. Mm-hmm. I didn't ever want to get in trouble. Yeah. So I could always kind of just, yeah, I did this, but he did this. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. <laughs> That's the key to having brothers <laughs> yeah, and sisters. <laughs> Couldn't be me. I didn't do it the yeah. worst. Uh, and then, uh, so the, the, this loss was very, very painful mm-hmm. for all of us, um, the big clan. And that spun me into just full-blown... Uh, unaccountable don't care um don't didn't care if i ran out of money because i knew that i'd find someone to buy me drinks Mm. it even turned into somehow i um still had some friends and one of my friends had experienced some success and he brought me on a boat trip from thunder bay to or pardon me miami to thunder bay Mm -hmm. so i was able to try the i'm gonna geographically sort my mind out and that's Mm -hmm. what i really thought it was and Turns out it's true, but another direction, another attempt was uh, another way of doing it was required. Mm -hmm. So I went, I had a great experience. It caused a lot of damage just from the absence of me being here in many respects of relationships and Mm -hmm. finances and uh, personal accounting of uh, being disappointed that I didn't deal with my stuff and and actually having uh, regrets of not standing up for myself. But it's kind of a double-edged sword because I would have gone again, I suppose, because it was such a wonderful experience. But yeah. it it should have happened at another time when things were a little bit more stable. Mm. But I got what I got, and through this program, I learned that there are no coincidences. Coincidences, and um, I came off that trip, and then I went again to try and run away a little bit more. I I, I found myself after Thunder Bay, Thunder Bay in Montreal, mm. where the discussion of the folks that were going to spend time with me out there, friends. Um, My actions put me in a position where I I showed up when they were out of town. And before they got back to town from being out of town, I was no longer invited there. (laughs) So I had, I was really starting to lose the, the luster of friendship because it wasn't, I wasn't contributing. It was a one. It, it became to the point where everything was one way, yeah. and I was starting to recognize it, which was perpetuating all sorts of just spinning thoughts and mm. uh, 
resentments and accusations. The whole gamut of justifications and why things couldn't be my fault. It's the outside world mm-hmm. again. So come to Calgary and at some point in time, I just had enough and I, I was out on a dog walk. I remember this and I phoned Simon house. I said, I think I just, I think the gig's up, mm-hmm. you know, and they asked me if I could get, I think it was five days under my belt and I figured I might be able to, mm-hmm. And five ten, I think it was. I think it was five days. Uh, they phoned me back, and they asked if I could come in on the Thursday, and it was a Tuesday. And then, and then it was real, and I dug my heels in a bit, and I couldn't do Thursday. It just no, yeah, because I was probably having a beer on that dog walk, and I hadn't mm. done five days. But I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't like I was four or five days before. I was. Yeah, you're tapering down a bit, or well, I just think I was just. Taking the edge off so I didn't white knuckle it. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> so, you know, I, I was aware and I was telling people I can't. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I've had a community of people that were like, okay, he's going to try. And then, and, and fortunately, I didn't get the consequence that I was so scared of near the end um, of all this judgment that I was going to get. It was quite, quite, quite the contrary, as a matter of fact. And to this day, I still have people that, whether they be heavy drinkers or just normies or whatever, they're, you know, you get that side look and they're like, okay, you made it, you've made an effort mm-hmm. and you can sense genuinely. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. So I, I, I went to Simon house, oblivious of a few things, but with willingness through my sponsor and the timing and, and you know, the, that argument of things happen for a reason there are no coincidences the teacher becomes or the student becomes available when the mm-hmm. other becomes uh needed um that has been since that phone call mm-hmm. uh, whether it be myself and yourself or mm-hmm. my sponsor which occurred before i actually took this this uh, program seriously yeah. i don't think i would have succeeded had that not been arranged prior just by stumbling around and saying, yeah, you're going to be my guy if this ever happens. Yeah. So what I needed and what I got, it it actually kind of worked out really well, even though there's all this uncertainty and all this, what's going to happen. And they're throwing all these words at me and none of this makes any sense because I don't have anything to do with this. And I got to let this go. And then one day I come out and go, there's been some time passed. I've done a few things. and I, I, I feel better. Like, I don't know what, to really say it's like i've felt all this stuff before but this is just a new recipe and it's kind of nice and yeah. uh, it's a different occurrence but you know I still i still have sensations of anger mm-hmm. but it doesn't pass the trap door of my big yap to affect consequences for opening my mm-hmm. big yap yeah. a lot of consequences end if i can have the i guess spiritual strength to not let it get out of me because then you've unleashed a something you don't know what ego it's going to go wake up and come and trip you up because they took it the wrong way or i found usually um less is more very true (laughs) very true and uh, i've yet to get in trouble for not saying anything yes i've gotten in lots of trouble for saying (laughs) stuff though oh character assassination (laughs) guilty oh god (laughs) (laughs) and it comes back you think people are gonna not tell that person so uh, there's a real nice fellow in the program that picked me up i was walking down 14th street just always liked him from just seeing him around and 
Lots of good people around. And in five minutes, he dropped me off, you know, within a couple of kilometers. And he parks the car and he's like, can I tell you what I got out of this conversation? Much like I learned when I learned my ego. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know I had an ego. And we're, I was in Simon House and me and my sponsor and another fellow were there. And they're like, you don't know that? Mm. <laughs> so that you get these little pearls of information that mm. are plain as your nose on your face to everybody else. Yeah. But then they give it to you in a way that you can accept it. Mm. And then you can be willing to at least consider it. And oddly enough, by doing nothing about it, it gets better. Yeah. Instead of trying to fix it. As soon as we just acknowledge it might be true, it's okay, right? Like yes, by saying by by denying something like wholeheartedly, we're cutting off the ability to heal from it, right? Well, that that perpetuates into other areas. Yeah, uh, my my the way that I often explain it when I'm helping others, whether they be a sponsor or they're just coming for information, um, which is predominantly the case. Mm-hmm. I've sponsored a few folks, and I still I sponsor one currently, and I have. I'm a I'm a conversationalist with me, with many people that I don't need that ribbon on my jacket mm-hmm. to say I'm your sponsor. If you're willing to talk about this stuff and mm-hmm. you can be comfortable about it, and we can identify each other, and um, I, I I hold this sacred in the program of AA that um, you get you get one opportunity, in my opinion, to be selfish again, mm-hmm. and that is to seek what you like. If mm-hmm. I like what you said in that particular setting. Yeah. And it, it's healthy. You have permission to go deal and mm. go ask that person if you can get more information if they can sponsor mm. if if their time is available to you. And I've never had anyone say no. Yeah, I've had them say no when it was ego based mm. and they could see through it. Yeah, because at some point in time, um, I can't say that I always identify it, but at some point in time, I was able to identify obsession. Mm-hmm. Whereas before it was just conversation. Why is this person yeah. a wingnut? Now it's like that person. I'm identifying a sick person and I can mm-hmm. be patient with them and hear them out and be present so that they can actually tell me how I can be of service to them. Yeah. It's like people say it in their own story and they don't even know they're saying it half the time. And then you just kind of bring it back to them. And when they see that light bulb and it turns on, it's, it's one of the coolest mm-hmm. things in recovery. Yeah, it and it's, it's little pearls along that pathway of this of this journey and everyone has their own business because uh, you come in for the same reasons you do this little process and then there's two steps that is back to just you kind of finding your own place yeah and then you go and you mend some stuff and then you find a bigger during this process you actually have identified this bigger thing and then you get a relationship with it mm-hmm. and i i the blessing i had when i got my first sponsor i, I knew i was ready kind of that teacher uh, a student relationship a conversation from earlier is at that meeting i was like i think i can do this mm-hmm. i didn't put up my hand i was in the parking lot i was on a phone call because i was trying to find work or whatever was going on i was about to put it in reverse and tick 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 on my window will you sponsor me and it was like within a half hour of me deciding you know what i think i'm ready it was you get these little things i've had it where i've had it where just being present something's on my mind or something i'm starting to i now can i've got the blessing that i can now see if i'm being restless irritable discontent which is just something's something's off suddenly mm-hmm. and for a long time i would do um a step seven prayer and the message would often come whilst saying it like i was a, i remember playing golden tea and i was uncomfortable with 
one of the personalities there or something was going on in my life and I was getting squirrely and I'm saying it, I'm saying it, I'm saying it. And it's funny how the, the comedy comes because the message in the song is exactly what I wanted to hear, but it's mm-hmm. not the song that I like. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like yeah. I, the, the, I was like freaking out. Um, when are you, when am I going to get a message? A step, seven prayer going, going, going. And then it's everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to be okay. Mm. And I was just, it lightened me up. Yeah. And you'll get, I've had it where I've opened a door at a gas station and mm. someone never seen before. Just what's on my mind. They'll say something that answers whatever's happening. There's no mm. reason that should have happened. Um, I've even had it where I'd be driving along the highway and out loud, I would say it because I sometimes I'm like, okay, I can do it. Mm-hmm. I'm cool. No one's going to bug me. And I've had it where I start saying it. And I'm going to say two, 300 geese hopped out of a field and mm-hmm. flew south with me for 10, 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And when it was kind of like, oh, this was great, they turned west and it was. Took off. These little crazy mm-hmm. things that would have just been dismissed. Yeah. They don't like, yeah, whatever. Who cares? Uh, whatever. Mm-hmm. They're actually out there. Uh, they're not there all the time. It's not like I'm living in a fairy tale land or anything, but, but mm. it's having that it's ability. Yeah. But having yeah. having that awareness and that calmness and that non-obsessive behavior that will turn into anxiety that perpetuates in all sorts of mm-hmm. other things, when I can just keep it before that, yeah. knowing I can go there, because it, I don't even go there. It comes to me. The mm-hmm. feeling of obsession comes to me. Mm-hmm. And then what do I do from it then? If I can, if I can dismiss it because it's nothing before uh, I've heard this notion of having a second brain in your stomach mm-hmm. where you should have this little hand bat, like batting things away because mm-hmm. by the time it gets to your head, you're obsessing yeah. and that's when things get, yeah. you need a sponsor. <laughs> yeah, for sure. They're certainly helpful in those moments. Yeah. And it happens. Um, yeah. And this intuitively knowing stuff. Um, again, I just, my friend, walking in and getting used to this stuff, I would have just dismissed it as malarkey. Mm-hmm. This is just not true. You guys are, yeah. who's got you guys going on this thing? What is, yeah. I was, I'm a, I was a, crazy. Yeah. But then, you know, one day something happens. And, um, the Kool-Aid starts tasting good. Man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they, they, I do, I do think, uh, and you know, I, I never want to commit to anything, but the day that spinning, smoking metal squirrel wheel in my head just stopped Mm -hmm. i i didn't know what it felt so i couldn't tell you where it happened Mm -hmm. couldn't tell you when it happened i know that it's within the last two years but it wasn't Mm -hmm. in the first three months but it wasn't a date hour time all that kind of stuff but it happened and i've since then it happens almost sometimes on decision of okay like escorting a bar get out all mm-hmm. my thoughts are just now I can do that before yeah. it was like a oh, car payment. I missed. Oh, always something to mm-hmm. hit across the ping pong table. You know, I have this, yeah. uh, I have an analogy that I, I use frequently to people that I, uh, I, I, I like to try and give this lesson for the identification of ego. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I had this conversation that I had heard, heard before, but it, the light turned on again where it was, we are human beings, we're not human doings. Mm-hmm. And as a being, we're just kind of an essence. We're an occurrence. And, you know, I don't want to be so general as to say that we're nothing because we also have consciousness and we have an ego. 
And the way that I like to illustrate it to people is that our being is in one of these gorgeous chairs. They're nice and comfortable. Mm-hmm. And right in front of us would be a ping pong table. And we've got consciousness to one side and ego to the other. Wake up in the morning and it's like, I'm hungry. I'll just give that example. I'm hungry. Mm-hmm. So that's one ping pong ball. I'm going to eat. Consciousness and ego warm up with one ball. And then it's, I got to get to work. You know, I got a credit card payment. Oh, mm-hmm. So suddenly by noon, you've got a thousand ping pong tables going across the table and they're highly skilled at hitting. Mm-hmm. They could add more. And then you, your being in this comfortable chair decides it's very excited and it's going to hop up on this table and try and catch one of these. But sort of the same analogy of being lost in the trees. You can't see the forest through the trees. Mm-hmm. It's you're better served in that chair seeing what your room what your ego and consciousness is doing Mm -hmm. as opposed to jumping up and overwhelming yourself because now you're no good to anybody because you can't even coach them and say hey Mm -hmm. you know you could probably remove 200 of those right now Mm -hmm. as opposed to me being up on the table adding more yeah so i I became uh my ego can become a product of the own uh chaos that i create in my Mm -hmm. own head and it gets away on me real quick and now that i've had a chance to see that um as opposed to thinking that it's just me and I'm like Popeye, I am what I am. It's mm. there's more going on to me than just a sober guy, mm-hmm. just a guy in recovery, just a guy in program. No, I, I am a being that I'll probably always be. Mm-hmm. I think I always have been. They tell us this is the truth, and I kind of buy into that. Um, my being, I always remember. I remember it the first time I kicked a soccer ball, and I kind of expect it to be the same thing that's me the day I die. Mm-hmm. but it's here right now and it feels the same right now as it did the day I walked the stage in high school or whatever the case is. But it's that ego and the consciousness that, especially the ego, um, it's like, it, it, it's, it's out there trying to make things happen for you. Mm-hmm. And it, you let it go too much, um, then, it, then it isn't, it, it's no longer a servant, it's become a master and it is, turns in on you, it mm-hmm. implodes you. And that's where I felt, I, that's where I've identified where I got overwhelmed. I could not stop saying things like, I'm trying to think that maybe I'm going to do something. Mm, yeah. Because I would layer. There's a lot of words to do nothing. I would layer my justifications <laughs> to do nothing. Yeah. And now yeah. it's like, I'll be there at 730. Yeah. And I'm there. Whereas before I would, I wouldn't say that I was panicking all the time, but I would get discomfort sometimes mm-hmm. if I didn't want to be there and I'd be like, I don't want to be there, so I got to figure, okay, I, I got a cold. I got to, okay, now I got a cold, so I got to call them and make this big orchestrated drama. Mm-hmm. And really all I had to do is say, you know, I'm not interested. Yeah. doesn't hurt anyone's feelings if you're honest. People actually don't care, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. and that's a good point. Like what I thought was a big deal. And, yeah. You know, I, I, the, yeah, it, it's, it's just unbelievable how I thought that I was displaying and, really pulling the wool over people's eyes in many instances when mm-hmm. you know this 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 idea of being a uh, a moral person where you know uh, thoughts that come to my mind now that weren't there before you know and I, this is not uh, this is not to be um, uh, in any way in a social comment comment context it's mm-hmm. more of uh, from I've learned from my teachings of this yep. program um, is that uh, in pride there can be no um, the opposite, the um, humility. Mm-hmm. Um, like when I'm when I'm referring to pride, you understand a person being 
Mm-hmm. It's all, all, all about me. You can't be humble. Um, then that goes for the reciprocity of all of mm-hmm. the deadly sins. So I do think that I lived very heavily uh, on, on, the, on the side of seven deadly sins and overdeveloping some of those uh, uh, not so good qualities. But then now having a relationship with the other side, I will do things like instead of just walking in the store and just letting the door swing behind me, hold it open for the next person Mm -hmm. or comment on someone that's put an effort into dressing up that day. You look snappy, male or female. Look, you look, you can tell that you showed up today right on Um, and not need credit for it. It's just Mm. um, before it would have been, I'll tell them that, but now it's a circle back to, to grow for a drink or yeah. uh, get a contract signed or, you know, there's always a hook, a barb. I'll do something very passive aggression, you know, passive aggression, codependence. These are just uh, where the devil plays. The devil's in the devil's in the details and that's where they can play. Mm. And um, they're strong tools. Yeah. Um, and, and back to that devil's in the details. It's everywhere. Mm. Um, I, I had, I, I, I've read this book recently. Sorry, uh, audio. Listen to it. I'd like to sound smarter than I am. <laughs> Dude, you don't have to do that, man. <clears throat> Audible saves our lives. Audible saves exactly. lives. That's all uh, I can say. Can I can I name it? This week? Sure, oh, yeah, God. of course. It's called The Untethered Soul. Oh, yeah. You told um, me about it. It's on my list. Yes. Yep. Um, and I... Uh, for me, I made the mistake of listening to all six hours at once. I was like, oh, I'll just do two hours. Yeah. And it, and it, it was like a meat tenderizer on my ego. Mm-hmm. And it beat me into submission. And it, I'd say in three weeks, it had me a whole new path mm-hmm. with, with, of course, the other exercises that I regular. Yeah. Um, but it was, you know, you get these, I keep going back to it, that student ready teacher thing. Mm-hmm. Um, where that and i'm going back to that being allowed to be selfish in certain areas at certain meetings you pick out certain people that you really identify mm-hmm. with and this one fellow i i found him and on my one year i was like oh, i was thinking i was feeling pretty good mm-hmm. so go for coffee with him and within 30 seconds of sitting down he's he's identified that he's dealing with a one-year ego mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like he ended the celebration of, oh, yay, I've done a year or two, like, get back to work. Yeah. Close the trap door. Take your ego. Put it up on the trophy shelf mm. and put your, and it's not going anywhere. You still need to do your all your work, but now mm. you don't need it in your hand. Put it on the shelf up with the rest of your trophies. And when you need to open it up, you'll see it again. But mm. now that it's not right front and center all the time, that the the desire, the need, the, the, the obsession to drink yeah. and do that stuff is, it's, it's not under control, but it's left you. Mm-hmm. For the most part. Yeah. Now you can put that up there and there's room for your hands to deal with the other stuff that you find in five. Particularly you start to identify it real life by then. And for mm-hmm. me anyways, didn't realize how powerful that was until later, months later when mm-hmm. things were starting to go, oh, you know what? I got down on my knee and I saw what it was. Mm-hmm. I can even remember when I did it. I might have been halfway, three quarters of the way through it. And I said, I don't really need, I now know, I've seen the pattern. I'm selfish, mm-hmm. <laughs> self-serving. And I'm like in, and all the different columns, 
it all went back to one little root, like root and stem they refer to in mm-hmm. some of our literature. And I yeah. uh, got to be able to at least see it, not yet pull on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now I kind of know that when I'm going for it, if I can get the whole thing, yeah, there's more. It's not that it's better. It's not that it's it, it increases the quality of your life because mm-hmm. you have, for me, um, I can go to bed and be asleep in five minutes. Mm-hmm. I don't have to sit there and spin in my head. Yeah, and having that. There is no money value I could put it. And I used to be, mm-hmm. money was it. Money was, if I didn't have money, I wouldn't get the other things that I could name off and mm-hmm. be all colorful, but money would solve everything. And yeah. it's not true. Um, you know, sure, you know, you could have the argument you need money to eat, all these things. I've had experiences where living in complete comfort mm-hmm. uh, of, of my character defect or that experience. And when I'm in able to live in something that's usually uncomfortable in a comfortable setting and identify what it is, you learn kind of, it's not as bad as I've always told myself. Yeah. Nothing's, nothing's usually as bad as we say to ourselves. Right. For example, I remember leaving, um, daily and I had no gas, I had Mm -hmm. no money. I was in my first year of recovery and I was like, yeah, I might not even make it to the gas station, Mm -hmm. but you know what? For the last, I think it was five, six months or whatever. I've never had any money. Mm. <laughs> I've eaten every day. <laughs> I've gotten yeah. to everywhere I needed to go. Yeah. And this is one of these step seven things. Uh, I honestly went from there less than a kilometer, pulling off 12th Avenue, 14th Street into that gas station. And as my front wheel hit the curb to go in, my car sputtered out of gas. <laughs> and I rolled up in and I landed at the ability to put gas in my car. And I'm like, oh, this is it. Mm-hmm. And I was pretty much like, typical direction would be de- defeatist. Yeah. Like, screw everything. Yeah. All of it. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I pick up my phone. And then my phone rings after I see this email. And I'm like, whoa, whoa. My buddy that I hadn't spoken to in like, mm-hmm. I'm going to say a year, two years. Hey, Mike. I feel like a jerk mm-hmm. kind of nine me. He's like, I owe you 230 bucks from whenever I just emailed it to you. I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. I hadn't talked to him. Yeah. And it was like at that point, that, that was just one of the many kind of like, I can't deny this stuff anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's not that it's, I got to get up on a mountaintop and preach it. But for me, I have that conviction to be able to look in a new guy's eyes and say, yeah. it's true. Like there, if you do, it's for you, mm-hmm. what I have, you're not going to get, but if you like what I have and I can give you something, I sure hope it helps your, uh, your yeah. being have a good experience and you get closer to being, that's the only gift I want to give people is, can you get closer to being mm-hmm. and you know, your ego and all that stuff's yours. But if you can get a relationship with what you are and it's been, people have been trying to do this for thousands of years. Thousands. <laughs> yeah. But now that I have that awakening, like we come, we come to, and then we come to believe. And I've had all those steps occur to me. Mm-hmm. They're not always all strong, much like yeah. all of the steps. You know, we got so much to experience. And, and what I love about my experience with the steps is when I'm done them, I haven't had the need to feel like I have to go back and do them all again because I can go back back to this one with this person 
And then because of we've been with this person at this one, it reminds me of something I've got to do up in here. Mm. And it's just <clears> always tinkering. And it's sometimes you got to write stuff down. Yeah. And when you do things like, I guess, decision, was it a decision that I come and do this? Probably. I suppose. Um, yeah. You know, um, it was an interest, but it wasn't what it would have been prior where I need notoriety. Mm. I need I need a reward out of this. This is... I guess if there's a selfish nature of doing this is it's, I see this program and, and just recovery in general, when people understand whether they're in a program or they're just identifying a spirituality and such, mm-hmm. I see that as us. I'll go into another crazy weird analogy. And I love these, by the way, um, we're kind of human plants mm-hmm. and we go to these rooms and say at the beginning, I've got toxicity. I've got all these things. Well, guy or girl over here can take some of that from me mm-hmm. and you know kind of filling up the cup from my my cup I can't so when i'm really toxic i'm really new and i'm really lost and i'm just not sure that's why i love that idea that you can go after what you like and hopefully that newbie likes something because mm-hmm. if they're here if we're in this for the right reasons and i don't see too many people if any that are there straight up for the wrong reasons yeah, I don't think most, and if they are, they don't even necessarily know it. Right. Right. Like they're not, they're not aware that they're there. Right. For some nefarious purpose. Right. Well, there's a lesson in everything. Absolutely. So when I get really, really charged with somebody mm-hmm. because they did something or they, you know, yeah. it's usually just like, who cares? Yeah. It usually boils down to that. But my ego likes to get a little excited because, mm-hmm. oh, oh, and then a little while later, it's like, why do I even care about that? Because you, what I think about someone, and I get all charged. And then this is an experience mm-hmm. I've had with my my older sibling. Mm-hmm. Lots of family get really, really mad at them yeah. and then put their all eyeballs in front of my eyeballs. Mm-hmm. And it's a different story, yeah. different feeling, different occurrence, different. And it's like, if I'm really, really stubborn, I'll cross my arms and be like, I'm, I don't like you and maybe pick a fight. Mm-hmm. But where then later on, it's like, what was that all about? Oh, I don't even remember. We're good now. Yeah. Well, and the funny, <laughs> the crappy thing is, is when we carry that anger with us, we suffer. They don't suffer. They're just barbs in our we, stomach. Yeah, we just carry it with us, right? So yeah. it makes way more sense to just kind of like resolve it if you can. And don't deal with it if you don't need to. Right. If it ain't yours, let it go. Right. Right? Yeah. And that's very hard. Um, Fuck yeah, I, it's hard, man. Have you have you seen the movie, not I Am Bill, but the Al-Anon one? Oh, the one about his wife. When Love Is Not Enough. Yeah. Yeah, that was that? his wife that did that, right? Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. So that's the Lois story. Yeah, Lois. That's right. I just watched an excerpt of that the other day. I watched it when I was in recovery. Uh, but I would, uh, and I do recommend certainly first year. And I'm yeah. I'm no, uh, I'm no uh, long timer, but, yeah. um, you know, some folks ask me for some mm-hmm. direction. And Dude, one, one, of them, one of them that I do for them is if you have the chance, watch them. I watched mm-hmm. the, I, I believe it's. It's not. It's not called Bill's story. It's called "I Am Bill" or something like that. I can't remember. There's a couple of them, but they're 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 noticeable. He's just giving me a time. Famous actors. Yeah. And let me know. Okay. Um, if you need to cut me off. Maybe. No, no, no. You got lots of time, man. He's he always gives me like a 15, 20 minute notice. Okay. Because yeah. he uh, knows how I can go off. So. I know. <laughs> okay, so we're interested. I'm interested in in what you do tell people. So these these movies, yep. Um, the I've seen the one, and I can't remember what it was called either. Well, it's like it's it's called something like I Am Bill or 
Is that the one with James Woods? In James Woods. James that's Woods. That's the yeah. one. Yeah, and okay. the sniper from uh, yeah. Saving Private Ryan and the Horse Whisperer Girl. That's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. And then a lot of those actors shift over into the Lois Win, which it's called When Love Is Not Enough. Oh, okay. Okay. And I, I I'm pretty. I think it's the Bill one. Like they yeah. go. It's it's pretty much the story. We were very yeah. very people that have. Yeah, we we know the deal. If we've been around long enough and mm-hmm. paid attention, for sure. Um, ultimately, there's some scenes in there, and I'm not a crier in movies, mm-hmm. but I remember being in the facility with a bunch of men. Yeah, going. <laughs> it's just a little dusty. In here. <laughs> oh, jeez! Oh. I did. I think I did exact. I think they took my experience and just did that there, and it's yeah. the part where you know. He's stumbling down the stairs and she's at the front door and he's just being a lunatic and he's just blah, 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 blah. And then like pushes her way, closes the door and goes drinking. And I'm like, I got a nine coming. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even know I at that time. I didn't know I had a nine coming, but. Well, it's interesting how they pop up. eh? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was at that. I was in the recovery center. I was still at one or two, but yeah. Um, yeah, it was, uh, and then even just the other night when um, I watched the uh, When Love Is Not Enough, I only watched the part that's maybe ten or fifteen minutes before she actually reads the the steps. Yeah, and there's some stuff in there that's like I talk about these barbs of pain that we walk around in our stomach that we need to bat away from her. That seconds. Uh, there's some emotional ones too that mm-hmm. just creep up on us. And, you know, one of the wonderful things my sponsor gave me, and he probably doesn't even know he gave me it as a gift. He went through some personal stuff recently, and he was emotional, and he was sharing it. And I talked to him about it later because I'm like, yeah, you know, you're okay with it. And it didn't bother me. But the way he said it to me was, you know, I'm going to be sad. There's going to be times when I have anger. There's going to be times when I just feel certain ways. Mm -hmm. And if I happen to cry in front of a room because of love, so be it. Yeah, I can, I'm totally fine with that. And it, just another, not the first experience I had with that growth of my identification with life, but it was just another, like kind of another level. Mm. And we get these, like, we get these foundations. And, and for anyone that isn't particularly uh, been around a long time mm-hmm. or is really, for me, I didn't take it seriously the first couple of times. Like, yeah. I would say that I never came back because I never, you know, I came to meetings, but mm-hmm. it was like, yeah, I'll go to the meeting because I got to tell these people I'm going to go to one. And then that went on for years. I didn't go to regularly. It would be like, yeah, that Thursday, five weeks ago. I, what, what do you want from me? I went to a meeting five yeah. weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, how regular are they supposed to be? Exactly. I went to church every Sunday as a kid. That was what it did weeks. to me. Yeah. That seems good to me. <laughs> Uh, but then, you know, when I say I take it seriously, it was like uh, I was no longer resistant to the idea of, say, a 90 and 90. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, when it actually was, I'm not going to say it bit into me. It just, it was, it was my time. It really was. Yeah. Um, and there was never, um, there was moments where I was like, oh, this would, if there's going to be a time, this is mm-hmm. going to be it when I'm going to go back out. But yeah, uh, it's like I've been kissed on the forehead from god because mm-hmm. i have never had that since since choosing that this is the way i'm gonna go mm-hmm. it's been like oh my god i hope it doesn't happen but it's never i've never had an instance where it's like i need to mm-hmm. i absolutely have to mm-hmm. um 
and there, there came a point where that conversation in my head of like, oh, never. It, it was just a genuine, well, yeah, not today. And mm-hmm. who knows? Like, yeah, shit, I don't know. When I'm 85, who knows? Well, well yeah, who knows? None, none of us do. And, and yeah. if I do, I sure as hell hope I learn from it. Yeah. And it's not something where it's just like, I'm just going to burn everything down and not learn because everything is a lesson. Mm-hmm. Even folks now, like it's when they're going out and they come back and it's like, oh, what'd you learn? Mm-hmm. I'm not here to kick you in the teeth. Yeah. Here because I love you and I'm willing to have a conversation with you and I wouldn't have been able to tell damn near strangers that I loved them before, um, no matter what their walk of life, mm. you know. I had an individual call me for coffee the other day that has polar opposite choices in every every aspect. Mm-hmm. Back was at it, when I was ego charged, I would have called that person names. I would have, but I was actually genuinely, I wouldn't say celebratory, but comfortable, and it felt good to be. You know what? This guy makes all these choices that he was honest about me that at one point in time, I know I would have judged, Mm -hmm. but I've just been able to spend the last two and a half hours, even if I worked out one little kink to get him to that next acceptance Mm -hmm. point for his, no matter what his choices are. Awesome. Yeah. And it's still heavy. And you go away and you're like, whether I did something or not, I took something away from Mm -hmm. it. Took away something, everything. And I didn't understand that in early recovery where... I thought I was always just taking. Mm-hmm. And you hear this commonly and it's yeah. been explained to me since day one. But now that you see it from time to time, oddly mm-hmm. enough, people, ha- I have something some people want. Yeah, of course. And I don't do. expect everybody to have that. Yeah. I do find that I struggle with some personalities, but as you identified earlier, they're, they're, that's what they think they need to do. Mm-hmm. And for me to judge... Even the judging, I'm learning. And it used to be that judgment isn't so hard. I don't have to grip it so hard. Mm -hmm. It still happens because that's something I got to identify with. Yeah, Yeah. But I'm no longer harm. Like the word harm has changed to me considerably. Mm -hmm. Like harm was like, I'm going to smash your kneecap. Not that I ever did. But, you know, like a real harm was like, I'm going to physically hurt you. And now it's just, it could be as simple as I had an ill thought. Mm Mm-hmm. And it yeah. affected the way that I dealt with you the next time I was dismissive. I was, it could be something and it's like, you know, it didn't do, it didn't serve anybody. It didn't help me because I felt uncomfortable. It didn't help you. So those occurrences are fleeting. They're going yeah. away. Will they be replaced with other ones that you got to deal with? Maybe. Mm-hmm. But I think I'll be more prepared because of the lessons I got from that one. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I guess, uh, you know, for experience, strength, and hope, it's 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 worth it. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Are there anything? So, one of the things I ask people is: Is there anything that you would like to pass on to people that you wish somebody would have passed on to you? Like, is there some some lessons? And I know, like, I know, but as well as anyone, there's no magic fucking bullet for this. Yep. But there are like things that work. Yes. And, and like, what are some things that you've learned that might have helped you, like earlier on? The the, the biggest. And the first, the first tile laid, laid down in my recovery was the night before speaking to my sponsor. And I'll never, ever, ever forget it. Just can you handle being open-minded? Mm-hmm. And that rung always rings with me. Whenever there's something, can I be open-minded? And he gave that to me unknowingly. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I don't want to be so much like, oh, the 90 and 90, all that stuff. Um, well, what really worked for you, right? Because we always hear that the, stuff, the, which is fine. The but. real meat for me was the identification and the way that it was put to me in this book, The Untethered Soul, was not like the ping pong table, but mm-hmm. it was think about yourself as you're in an apartment with a terrible roommate and you're mm-hmm. locked in there and you got to listen to this guy all the time. Mm-hmm. And at some point in time, you just got to say, well, if you're going to do that, mm-hmm. speak in the corner and, and muffle yourself or something because yeah. I can't shut you up, but yeah. I, I'm done dealing with you all the time. Mm-hmm. If we got to go out for dinner, I'll ask you what you want to eat. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> but yeah, otherwise, enough. otherwise you'll just rattle me forever. Yeah. And, and the biggest gift um, among many um, is that that wheel just stopping and, mm-hmm. and it doesn't like it doesn't mean it stops forever yeah. but when you get that whew, holy cow it, it's it, it overwhelming is not the word it's mm-hmm. it's whelming of something yeah um and it's and it's wonderful overwhelmingly delightful yeah it's the, and and since that time mm-hmm. the ability to go to sleep and 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 having uh, uh, once you get to the idea that you it's not an idea once you once you get an awareness that you are growing in any level of one of the three restless irritable discontent. Mm-hmm. It's kind of another example I give is think about running your hand across a piece of silk with a blindfold on and there's a piece of sand on it. Mm-hmm. You'll, you'll feel it. There's something going on. Like it's so minute. Just be aware of it. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, okay. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you get a, for me, I get a barb in my stomach and it could be many things. Mm-hmm. Could be a, it could be a resentment. Could it be a, hunger but pay attention to it Mm -hmm. and by the time it gets to your head if you if you start to think of especially in early recovery to relieve that obsession because that's what your ego wants your mind to do that's what that shitty roommate wants would Mm -hmm. do in your head is overwhelm you and then when they've done everything they leave you the being by yourself and you got no defenses yeah Uh, and then identify that you have that relationship in your head that there's something more than just Popeye. I am what I am. You're, you're, you're a being having, you're a being have a human experience, not a human having a being experience. Mm -hmm. And you'll oftentimes hear, don't worry about the past and and freak out about the future. And that's a hard one. And when, Mm -hmm. when you get to the point and I don't, I've by no means have mastered anything, but I'm at a point where I live in discomfort and I'm okay with it. And, and, and having that acceptance of things being okay when they're not okay, give you gifts that you give given me gifts unimaginable. Yeah. That aren't money. They are peace. They are, I can sit here knowing that I may have even done a wrong, mm-hmm. but I'm prepared to deal with it and I'll man up to it. I'll be a man amongst men. I'll be an alcoholic amongst alcoholics. I'll, I'll, I'll stand my ground whilst sharing it with mm. you at the same time. I'm not here to get anybody. And if I did, mm. at least I'm willing to address it. Mm. And I may not make it perfect, but hey, you know what? I'm not going to run away from it. Yeah. And that was my cowardice through what it was. I st- I'll probably never know. You never know. And but the fact is, is that whatever it was, I don't have that anymore. Mm. What I have now, I wish I could give it to everybody. Yeah. And, and, and if they've got it better... <laughs> 
Can I please have some of it? <laughs> That's a fair statement, man. You know what I think is really cool about the ping pong table analogy? Like, and one of the things that, that I was thinking about as you were telling the story was the coolest thing that you're going to, one of the coolest things you're going to experience about the whole ping pong table thing analogy is one day you're just going to sit there and be able to watch them play ping pong. And you're not going to have to interact. Never going to. And that is an amazing change. Yeah. But the first part of that change is to be able to witness the ping pong table. And then, you could, because we're new and we're excitable, we want to grab a ping pong, right? We want to get on the table. We want to participate. As you get more time and you practice more of the things that you've been talking about, one of the natural things that happens there is we can learn to observe that ping pong display for what it is, mm-hmm. none of our business. And it's sometimes appreciate a, it. Yeah, and appreciate it because sometimes it's a beautiful ping pong game, yeah. right? Yeah. It doesn't need to be interrupted. Yeah. Um, I think that's one, not just one of the things. And consciousness that. and ego are happy to be left alone. <laughs> well, first of all, there's so many books about consciousness because nobody knows anything about it. Right. Second, right? We, which yeah. Because we all have really beautiful ideas about yeah. it. And hence why there's so many books. Same with ego, right? Right. Um, but what a what a fascinating way to look at that. I like that. I really appreciate that. Because I can see it now as being, yeah, that was like a really intense ping pong session right. at, at times, right? It still comes back sometimes. Oh, yeah. But when things are practiced like more and more prayer meditation, what, what happens is it, it makes it possible to just sit back, watch them play their game, and be like, huh, eh, of no interest, right? Like th- what they're what they're ping ponging about is of yeah, no interest. They're not going to stop playing. Yeah, let them play, right? Yep, yep, that's right. So you know, I don't need to be involved. I don't need to know how many you have on the table. I'm going to just be chill yeah. here, not have a drink, mm-hmm. and enjoy my lazy boy. <laughs> yeah, man, dude, the lazy boy is like. I think we should end it on the lazy boy. If you can find a good lazy boy to enjoy your life in, find it. Absolutely. Right on. Well, thank you so much, Mike. Thank you. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate you too. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in this week to the Voices in Recovery podcast. Please stay tuned every Wednesday as we air another episode. Thank you for your time. And please, if you're in trouble, reach out. If you need to contact us at www.freedomspathrecoverysociety.ca or you can look for us on Facebook under Freedom's Path Recovery Society. Thank you again for tuning in. Please stay tuned for upcoming groups, activities, and podcasts.